sharing for the last couple of weeks some different aspects of the Holy Spirit, starting the first week with just talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit's a person. He is a person. He is not the wind. He is not a dove with fire coming out of his tail. He's not the force that a very few select Jedi get to manipulate. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus demonstrated this when he talked about the Holy Spirit and he used the personal pronoun. He said he over and over again when he comes, he will lead you, he will guide you into all truth. And we read these scriptures where Jesus began to clearly demonstrate that the Holy Spirit is a person. And because he's a person, that means you can have a personal relationship with him. Amen. You can have a personal relationship with him. I said earlier during communion, I said that in in the 59 times he's mentioned in the book of Acts, 36 of those times he is speaking. And the reason it's important to know he's a person is that you can have a relationship with him and people speak. Relationships work on dialogue. And so you have to have communication. And so for a relationship to really work, there has to be speaking involved. (laughs) Amen? And so the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. In fact, the Bible said this in in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. This is Paul's last words to the church of Corinth. He wrote two different letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And the very last words he said is this. Hey, may, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and then watch this, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. There he is demonstrating the Trinity. He said, hey, you got Jesus Christ, and man, I hope that his grace just abounds towards you. I hope you realize how much God loves you, right? The love of God. But I also want you to know this, that you can fellowship, you can commune, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know there's many churches that they kind of treat the Holy Spirit as if he's, he's like a gland in our body. You know, we know he exists, but we don't really, we don't really think about it much. It, it's like my thyroid. I, I, I'm grateful that I have a thyroid. I've heard that I, I have one. I've never seen it. I, I couldn't tell you what it does, but I, I'm grateful that it exists, right? And, and many churches in America, they treat, they treat the Holy Spirit like that. We, we know there's a Holy Spirit. We've heard of him, and we're glad that he exists, Right? But we couldn't tell you what he does. Well, we need to talk about the Holy Spirit because Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit all the time. In fact, I asked you this question last week, and I want you to think about it. And it's this question. Would you rather have Jesus beside you or the Holy Spirit inside you? Think about that question for just a minute. It it almost, the first time I I thought about that question, it almost sounds blasphemous, doesn't it? It almost sounds like we're degrading Jesus. Like, wait a minute, do I have to pick, right? Can can I have both? Can I have both? Because, Because most churches, most people in most churches would probably go, well, nothing's better than Jesus. Of course, Jesus is, is the greatest. But listen to this. Jesus actually answered the question. He answered it himself. In John chapter 16, verse number 7, he said, it is to your advantage. One translation says, it is better for you. It's better for you that I go away. Because if I go away, then the Holy Spirit comes. Listen to that. Think about that word advantage, though. 
Jesus said it is more advantageous for us to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us than it is to have Jesus even walking next to us. And we talked about why that's important when we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit last week. Today, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Spirit. If you are in the book of John, and and, and we've been reading from there a lot, turn to John chapter 7. If you're new to grace, we're going to put these scriptures up on the screen for you to follow along. But Jesus is actually, once again, talking about the Holy Spirit. And the writer of, of John, who of course is John, actually just kind of spelled out what Jesus meant when he said these words. We're going to read in, in John chapter number 7. Here he is, Jesus, and he's, he's talking in verse number 37, and he says this. It says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. And here's what he says. Here's what he says. If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, Jesus said those words. Those words are in red in in my Bible. But then the writer of the book kind of explains it. Verse 39 says, but this he spoke concerning what? The spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He said this. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But not yet. Not yet. It's coming, but not yet. Not yet. Why? Because Jesus hadn't ascended and the Holy Spirit hadn't descended. Jesus hadn't been glorified and the Holy Spirit hasn't been given. But the day was coming. The day was coming. In fact, after Jesus was crucified, after he was raised from the dead, he had a conversation with his disciples, all of his followers, and and he gave them strict instructions. I mean, strict, right? And he's talking to them as a father would talk to his children. And he says to them in Acts chapter 1, he says, don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't leave. Because the Holy Spirit's coming, and here's what's going to happen. Verse number eight says this You shall receive power. Ooh, hallelujah. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be witnesses of me. Don't go anywhere, don't leave town. Huh? Don't, don't do anything. Just wait, it's coming. Just wait, it's coming. You shall receive power. Power. Now, in the Greek, there's about nine different words for power, might, ability, force, right? About nine different words. But really, there's about two that we highlight. We highlight. The first one is, is the word that you'll find in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and it's talking about his, his conversation with them and and his interaction with them in Matthew chapter 10, it says that, that Jesus gave them power. He gathered his disciples uh, and he gave them power. Now, that word right there, that word is the Greek word exousia, exousia, right? 
And it literally means authority. He gave them authority. Right? And, and so that's that word. But in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, when it says this, you shall receive power, it's a totally different word. Right? Totally different word. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, when it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's given, that word is the word dunamis, huh? and it's from where we get the English word dynamite. Dynamite. Okay? Now, it doesn't take many clicks of the mouse to get to a, a definition. Back when I was in Bible school, you had the big giant book and you'd have to flip through the pages of this giant Strong's Concordance. I used to have, the, the, I still have it actually, I still have it in my office and you just got all these, and you had to just go through it. But I just wanted to highlight it on the screen because watch this, I, I looked this word up and in the Strong's Concordance, if you look up the word dunamis, it's, it's pronounced dunamis, it looks like dynamis, but it's pronounced dunamis. If you look up that word, look at what it means. It means this. It means strength, power, ability. Now watch all these definitions that when they go into that, that word, what it really means, it means inherit power. Power, watch this, residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exists or put forth. In other words, it's inside of you. It's power that's inside of you that comes out. Huh? Power for performing miracles, moral power or excellence of soul, the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth, power and resources arising from numbers. Amen? How many of you know there's more with you than there is against you? Right? And then power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. And Jesus says this, you shall receive that kind of power. Woo, hallelujah. You shall receive that kind of power. Huh? It's not just authority, right? It's, it's that kind of power. It's the kind of power where it's not just you say, because I said so kind of power. It's not mall cop kind of power. Come on now. It's, it's actually, watch, I can back up all of my words because there's something inside of me that has the ability. It's not just a badge. It's the force behind the badge. It's all of the authority, all of the power of heaven. It is now residing in you. Hallelujah. It's that kind of power that I'm going to baptize you with. It's that kind of power that's going to be inside of you. It's that kind of power that's going to flow. John chapter 7, it's going to flow out of you. Ooh, hallelujah. I preach myself happy. Amen. That kind of power. Ooh, glory to God. Now, why wouldn't you want that kind of power? That kind of power. That's the kind of power that comes. And in Acts chapter 2, watch this. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came 
from, uh, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It wasn't a wind. It was just the sound of a wind, all right? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, there was a flame for every person. Ooh, hallelujah. We, we sang it today. Help me find my own flame. Right? So I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, this isn't some lottery. You're not rolling the dice going, okay, God, you're in a good mood today. No, this is, this is if I ask, if I want, if, if I seek, if, if, if I just pray, I just say, okay, here, I just want it. The Holy Spirit comes because he comes upon anyone who asks, anyone who wants it. It's not random, huh? It's not for preachers only, pastors only, missionaries only. Come on now. It's for anyone for any time you can access that kind of power. Hallelujah. Amen. It's for everybody. Everybody in the room was filled. In fact, if you go through the book of Acts, you know, I spent six months when I, when I first got into Bible school and started to get into ministry, I spent six months. That's not a very long time. That's just a short time. I spent six months reading four chapters a day of the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters. So in one week, I went through the whole book and I did four chapters of the book of Acts just every day for six months. I read the book of Acts just every week for six months. Just read it, read it, read it. And I said, okay, I just want to know what, what the Holy Spirit is, is doing and saying, how he acts, and I want to study him. And I have studied more about the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, than any subject out there. Now you say, well, Pastor, well, what about the seven bowls and the seven candlesticks? Listen, I, I studied it one time, but it's, whoo, it's gone. I don't remember. I, I could look it up again and try to figure out what the seven candlesticks are. But listen, what you need is not knowing what the seven candlesticks, you need the ability to be able to go into your kid's bedroom when they're strung out on drugs and say, hey, devil, get out of my kid's life. Get out of my kid's heart, get out of their mind, and get out of this house. Hallelujah. That's what you need more than you need to know about bowls and candlesticks. Come on now. You need the Holy Spirit, and I need the Holy Spirit. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit just to figure out how to love my wife, who's perfect in every way, <laughs> and ain't here to defend herself. She'll be here in, in just a few minutes. I know y'all, though, somebody's going to tell her. Just as soon as you walk out, ooh, I can't wait to find Cynthia. I'm going to tell her. I just need to know how to love her. I need to know how to be sweet to my children and kind. You know what I mean? That's what I need. And let me tell you, I need the Holy Spirit for that. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit for that. And listen, they're all filled. Acts chapter 2, they're all filled. And if you go through every instance where the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, you'll find that word over and over, all. All, all. Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching this awesome message, right? And in the middle of the message, what a tragedy. He didn't even get a finish. He had a little poem, a little short, little cute little video he's ready to show, right? And in the middle of the message, the Bible says, while Peter yet spoke these words, whew, the Holy Spirit fell. And everyone in the room, everyone in the house, 
Everyone in the vicinity, everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. Everyone. Huh? They were all filled. Acts chapter 8, all filled. Acts chapter 19, Paul actually finds a group of believers, 12 believers, right? And he says, starts talking to them about the Holy Spirit. They said, we'd never even heard of the Holy Spirit. We hadn't even heard of them. He lays his hands on them. They're filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says, and they all begin to speak in other tongues. Right? Now, you won't see Acts chapter 2 read a lot from a lot of churches, but that's because they don't know how to explain it. They, don't, they go, well, people might get offended, you know. Have you looked at the Internet lately? Huh? Have you looked at what's out there in the world? You know what people want is they want something real and genuine, and they want something that's not fake or phony, right? Just give me some power, man. I, 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 there's this preacher on, that's been on TV for a long, long time. Rod Parsons has been on TV forever. And he had a big camp meeting, I guess, Friday night. And last night I, was, I jumped on Facebook, and, man, my Facebook feed was just blowing up blowing up with little tidbits of the sermon that he preached. And he said, listen, when I come to church, I don't need a little 20 minutes of nothing, a little business school speech, a, a little cute little stories and, and, and little anecdotes. He said, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. Whoo, I was listening to that about 11 o'clock last night when I should have been sleeping. But God kept me awake. And I said, man, I need to hear that because when I come to church, I want to hear about the power of God. I want to hear that he still heals and he still sets captives free and he still breaks chains and opens prison doors. Hallelujah. I want to hear that he's real. Amen. And I think the world does too. Hallelujah. And I don't think people are scared. I think they're hungry. Amen. I think they're hungry for something real. Amen. And the days of cute little church where we just come and we just gather and we just sing a few songs and a, a little bless me sermon and then we go home and nothing changes and our family still looks the same and our finances still look the same and we're still taking the same medication because nobody ever prayed for us to be healed. I think those days are coming to an end and churches that believe in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit are going to fill back up again. Amen? That's what I believe. That wasn't in my notes. Let me go on to the next one. You know, when I think about the power of the Holy Spirit, I like to look at a changed life. And in the Bible, there's probably no better example than this guy named Peter. Now, you want to talk about a guy that was rough around the edges. Some people are sandpaper. Peter was a rasp, man. He was... He was as gritty as gritty could get. He was just rough, right? Think about that. Remember when Jesus was going to get arrested in the garden and Peter chopped off that servant's ear? You're telling me that he aimed for the ear? He wanted the whole head. He's just a bad shot. He got the ear by accident. Amen? So... This guy was rough. And, and when Jesus was arrested, he's sitting there warming himself by a fire, just warming himself by a fire. And this little old 10-year-old girl comes up and says, hey, didn't I see you hanging around Jesus? 
And Peter, watch this, Peter began to curse at her. He began to curse. Others gathered around and said, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you were with him. I think you're, you're part of that crew. And he began to deny him and say, I don't want anything to, I don't even know that man. Right? That was Peter. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Peter's baptized with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues. And immediately you watch the transformation in this man's life. Now, he wasn't perfect. He still had his issues. He still had problems. How many of you know we all are going through things? Nobody's arrived. We're still working some things out. And just because you, you, you speak in tongues, just because you move in the gifts of the Spirit, don't mean that you don't have problems and you don't have to, you don't have to overcome anything. You still, we still have to overcome. But Peter's life was transformed that day. And the next time he spoke to a crowd, he wasn't cursing. He was preaching. And 3,000 souls got saved that day. And you watch the transformation in his life, so much so that the next time they accused him of being with Jesus and they threatened his life, Peter said, crucify me upside down. I'm not even worthy to be crucified like him. Put me upside down. That's a changed life. That's a changed life. Some of you might be old enough to remember. I know you're old enough because I know you. And some of y'all are old. I mean, your, your social security is double digits. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, you're, you're just old. And I'm, I'm joining you, okay? I'm getting there myself. But some of you remember that they used to make cars without power steering. Remember those days? Anybody ever drive one of those cars? Don't raise your hand because then you're confirming what I said earlier. If you've ever driven a car without power steering, in fact, I had a buddy that had a van, had no power steering whatsoever, and on the the steering wheel, he had a knob that he fastened to it because he had to crank that thing so hard, you couldn't just do it like this. I mean, it was everything in him to crank that steering wheel. Y'all know what I'm talking about now. And how many of you know, when you're going... 50 miles an hour straight down a highway, it's not a problem, right? You're, you're good. You don't feel the effects of not having power then. It's when you get in a jam. Come on now. It's when you get in a tight spot. It's when you have to turn. See? And some people don't think they need the Holy Spirit because they're cruising along in life about 50 miles an hour and they're going, hey, I don't need the Holy Spirit. I, I, don't, I don't need power. But watch what happens when you have to make a turn. Watch what happens when your life all of a sudden gets turned around and you find yourself in a jam or you have to squeeze into a spot, huh? Or you have to make a decision real quick. You're gonna find that you wish you had power You had some power, right? And I know that there's people in this room that you say, well, Pastor, I I am going along about 50 miles an hour. Life seems to be pretty good. I got some bills paid, and I've got some some things set aside for retirement, and and things are well on the job, and things are well with my family. But I'm here to tell you this. We never know what tomorrow brings. We never know what phone calls coming our way, and we don't know what next year is going to look like. Not only that, I just, 
I want a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Not just to get me out of jams. That's just a side benefit. I want to hear his voice. Because I have to make decisions all the time. Right? I have to turn the wheel of my life. Right? I have to turn it all the time. And, and those decisions affect my family. And they affect my kids. And they affect the church. And, and I want to have power. I don't want to have to struggle. Come on now. Through life. I want to be able to come on. You got power steering. You just grab one little finger. And just say, ooh, yeah. That's, that's how it's supposed to work. I want you to do this, church. Would you just bow your heads for just a moment?